1: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is
2: Danny and Dusty.
3: Moringa is going to be a thing. You're not coining anything new.
2: With Danny Meringue and Dusty, the fan man Hera.
3: All those monkey sounds
2: in there and called good. The old Danny Meringue pie. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. The fan. You're going to fit right in, man. Good afternoon. Happy Monday, everybody. <laughs> look at this. It is the first full weekend of football. It's like just football in your veins. Inject it. It's oh. been it's been a
3: little weird because uh, obviously uh, we we, you know, we started this show in the uh, dead of summer when uh, it's, a, it's a slow burn, baby, and we have so much to get to today.
2: Yeah, uh, you have college football, which gave us everything across the board. We had we had upsets. You had solid wins. You had crippling losses. It was everything across college football. And then the NFL just came, and everything that we thought we knew, it just slaps you in the face and says, no, 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 no. no." Buffalo is good. Kansas City's really good. And then everybody else, you just flip a coin. I will say this.
3: This feels like, between college and the NFL, one of the best storyline weeks to start a season in years. Across the board. Texas back, USC back. uh, That happens every year. That happens every year. Again. (laughs) When was the last time we saw Texas? Again, I don't want to get into it too much. But we get the Cowboys turned on their head, the Rams obliterated, two overtime NFL games, a tie in week one. Almost two ties. Almost two ties. Pure, absolute, just bonanza football in Cincinnati and and Pittsburgh. I, I. Really, you've got the Aaron Rodgers stuff already. I mean, there was just so much going on, no matter what channel you flip to, what time of the day, Notre Dame getting thrown out of there, Texas A&M getting thrown out of there. I mean, it was just there was something on every channel, on every hour, all day Saturday, all day Sunday with crazy storylines.
2: Yeah, and we even have our first firing. We have our first firing of the year. Which, really, we could have gotten in week one in college football. That's incredible. Yeah, well, it was already seen. And the most incredible part about it, Scott Frost being fired as Nebraska's head coach, we'll have more on that later, is that we all thought it was going to be October 1st because they would cut the buyout in half. Oh, no. They said this is not up to Nebraska's expectations, which leads me to, is there another program in the country that feels like they should be bigger of a deal, but realistically they won't be than Nebraska?
3: Probably not, but the flip side of that is is that even though Scott Frost has been fired, how many of those one-loss games go another way, and we have a very different opinion of Nebraska? That's called coaching. Again, (laughs) so could they actually be what they think they should be, which is the, the Bo Pelini era and not... No, Nick Saban era. No, football. because
2: they like there's USC in Texas. They have a belief that they should be perennial ten win teams. They should be in the conversation Certainly. of being top one of the top programs in the country, which is understandable. You are in recruiting hotbeds. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of money. Uh, there's a lot of good things going for you. Nebraska and like I love Nebraska. Like Tom Osborne era was great. Yeah. Let's be honest here when we look at. Nebraska, and the way that the world of college football has changed, Nebraska doesn't have the advantages that, it's, that it once had. They're a dot-com bubble. They've Every, got there early. Everybody now has great facilities, mm-hmm. this is what which is what separated Nebraska from everybody else, is that they had this fantastic weight room. They were They had the 500-mile radius. Well, now everybody is in that 500-mile radius. Yeah. It it is no longer like this special place to go because you're in the middle of the country, right? And you don't
3: even have the juice to draw guys because because they fell off hard enough that they're no longer. They're not even in people's back of minds anymore, where in the Polini era, they still kind of were. Now they're not even that.
2: And that is the incredible part about it is that it how quickly you can go from being one of the most prominent programs in all of college football to being irrelevant because of the fact that you kind of get the supposed you didn't make the right hires. They, they ran Frank Solich out and kind of started the dominoes to fall um, of, of, I don't know, dysfunction in Lincoln. And that is, that's crazy thing to say about because they have a passionate fan base that isn't just in Lincoln, Nebraska. It is from coast to coast. They have a, an incredible following it is one of the greatest game day atmospheres mm-hmm. in all of college football. And I'm saying all of these things, but when you stub your toe as many times as you do, like this is like, Oklahoma is a, a great example of this. Like Oklahoma could go down the same road where you have a rich tradition with multiple national titles, but you have to make the right hires. The hiring, the hire in college football, if you're in Oklahoma and Nebraska, it is a lot more pivotal that yeah. you make that right higher than if it is USC or if you're Texas, because you can have that revolving door and just know that we have a ton of talent right in our own backyard that we can always lean on. And because we, they also have massive fan bases that are coast to coast, young kids now they don't really care about the history and tradition yeah. as much as they do. What have you done for me lately? Yeah, you can't lose the wheel in Middle America. No, you, you just you just can't. And if you get off
3: that road, you have a season two probably three at the most, maybe one
2: whole recruiting class before you're, you're out of sight, out of mind. Yep. Um, ooh, Tennessee has a similar situation lately. That text coming in on the fan text line. Yeah, that is a that's good a good one. really good one. The but, difference
3: there is that they're more in the recruiting bed of
2: the world, and they, yeah.
3: they also have more money.
2: They do. They've got all the money. Yeah. Um, and this the other text says, it's not high expectation to beat a non-Power 5 teams and get to a bowl game. That is very true. But remember what got Frank Solich fired. Remember what got Bo Pelini fired. Well, it got Bo Pelini fired being an a-hole. But not just that, but <laughs> they were like, oh, he's not going to be a guy that can get this team over the hump. Uh, you'd take his 10-win seasons right now, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah, no, those 10-11-win seasons
3: look all... What, what did he have? I think it is... I think he it won sub-10-win season at Nebraska, which was hilarious that that was the problem, looking back.
2: Well... <laughs> That is where you're expecting, and then that's Uh, where it unravels. That's where it falls apart is that you're sitting there and you're saying, well, he's not our Tom Osborne. Well, yeah, no S. Nobody is. Just like nobody at UCLA is ever going to be a John Wooden. And just like at Alabama, now you have a Bear Bryant was the standard. Now you have a Nick Saban. Nobody's going to be Nick Saban again for
3: you. Not to get too derailed right out of the gate, but imagine following Nick Saban. Who wants that job?
2: Uh, like, Debo Swinney. I
3: mean, you have to be.
2: It's like, got to be somebody that has a super big. Super established, yeah. right? Like, you have yeah. to
3: have won a title yeah. to take that job. Mm-hmm.
2: Even then. I think, well, if you're Alabama, then you just give $20 million a year to Kurt, whether it's Kirby Smart or Dabo Swinney or whoever you feel is the guy. You have a mountain of cash that you can just hand on over to him. The, the new coach fund.
3: Yeah, we got to dip into the new coach fund. Uh. Tell you what, that's how you take that job: is you go ahead and count your tens of millions of dollars every year.
2: Yeah, uh, this this is an interesting uh, text too. So, do you think Scott Frost will go somewhere smaller and be good again? And what does that say about Nebraska? Yeah, you know, here's the thing: Scott Frost has one winning season as a head coach. He was undefeated. Yeah, so, but it, is it one ac- winning it season. It counts
3: for all of his wins, basically.
2: I think they were one in eleven the year
3: prior. Do you like think that he is, goes on the? Uh, is this? Is he the latest on the uh, Nick Saban rehab tour?
2: I don't know. He may. He may go reunite with Chip down at UCLA. That way, they can go off the coast of South Africa and swim with some sharks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those guys are thick as thieves, man. They. Yeah. They are. They are tight together. I wonder about Scott Frost and where he goes. But that's neither here nor there. We've got. Look at this. Look at us already diving into we, sports. Well, we kind right of up had the,
3: to because this is so nuts. You and I were talking right before we went on air, like, what games we watched. And it was like we spent five minutes just outlining the, yeah. the games that we watched on Saturday and Sunday. It was like,
2: uh, yeah, no, we footballed out. There was a lot of football going on, and uh, we've got a ton that we've got to get to because uh, the worst day on the web, man, it just could have been kickers in the NFL, but it is not. Uh, it is somebody who ran their mouth and is now Ooh. being absolutely dragged for it uh, because his team lost, and they lost in embarrassing fashion. So uh, we will we will tell you of the tale of the young man at Texas A&M who now the school is trying to scrub it from the Internet, but the Internet remains undefeated, and the Internet will not take a loss on this one. Uh, that is our worst day on the web. We have got Pac-12 uh, from top to bottom. We've got great games of college football across the board. In week one in the NFL, everything from Trey Lance, Justin Herbert, and everything in between. We're going to dive into all things football today. Uh, We've got, what, two hours and 49 more minutes before we hand it off to Seahawks pregame. To wrap up week one in the NFL, Russell Wilson makes his return to Seattle. Um, But where we got to start this bad boy, that was a statement. Danny and Dusty on the fan. for the Oregon State Beavers. They go down to Fresno, and they come out with a win, 35-32. Jonathan Smith shows that he has got a wheelbarrow that he takes his balls around. Huevos Grandes. And right now, Oregon State is... The most dangerous thing a team can do is just play with unbridled confidence, Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what you have with Jonathan Smith and the Beeves doing, man, uh, to just like starting at the end and then working your way back, it wasn't the prettiest game in the world. It doesn't have to be the prettiest game in the world. All you have to do is go on the road and win. It's the first time that the Beeves have won a road game in non-conference play since 2014. First time they've won. That's incredible. In Fresno State ever. And to do it on a fourth down call where Jonathan Smith is going to go for it, then brings on his kicker, and then says, no, you know what, F this. I'm going to go back out. I'm going to do it. I'm going to run the jack cat. And everybody in the stadium knows what you're going to run, and you can't stop it as a defense. That is demoralizing, and it is something that that is that confidence. And that's what Jonathan Smith has instilled in his team. Like That's a big win for the Beavs. I, I know it wasn't pretty. It wasn't crisp. Chance care. Nolan took a couple steps back from those leaps he took forward in week one. But you know what? You found a way to win on the road, and it doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to get done. There's
3: so much to take away from that game. Number one, I, I would love to be in Jonathan Smith's brain in that moment. Did, was the field goal uh, a bit of a ruse? Was it? Was it like, let me see what they do. I, they're probably going to burn the timeout. They're probably going to ice this. If they, you know, if they don't ice it, we go to overtime. No big deal. But if they do ice it, we are going out there just 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 to kind of get them in a, I don't know, a, a, a bit of a, a position to be off balance
2: that was a i I bet it was just a conversation in the headsets of Mm -hmm. hey let's go for it and then he's like yes and then you have other coaches going hey we got these guys in overtime let's just let's take this thing to ot and then i guarantee you the other coach said we've given up 500 yards of (laughs) of uh, total offense in this game hack it up (laughs) we should not put our defense out there again and lean on them we need to end this thing right now. And they have the jackhammer. Jack Coletto, the Swiss Army knife, finds a way to do it again. I, I love the call to go for it. Yeah, I, I wish I would have a recording of what was being said on those headsets uh-huh. because there were probably a bunch of F-bombs. There was probably some very stern conversations being had between the coaches on the sidelines and up in the booth of, hey, should we go for it or shouldn't we? And then Jonathan Smith was the final like nailing that coffin of, nope, we're going to win this one. We are going to win this one on the road, and we're going to pack it up and go back to Corvallis with the W. So you got a rivalry game, essentially,
3: in a non-conference game, but you had 18 penalties but zero turnovers. You didn't get what you wanted from Oregon State. You didn't have Chance Nolan take the next step or back it up. You didn't really run the ball great like you wanted to see, but you did run it effectively. You upped your your yard per carry from week one to week two. But you got it done, and what's really – Interesting is that even with all of the penalties, which they're secondary, I think they had six, it was five or six PI calls. Um, they were all over the place, but their aggressiveness was there all night long, even in the stupidity. Yeah. And somehow, someway, and this is what we're talking about coming into this season. There's just something about this team that looks like they're they're taking those steps to get forward to figuring it out whether it's Fenwick getting the workhorse, right, 20 carries, 100 yeah. yards, uh, receiving-wise, big-time game, two weeks in a row for Musgrave, backs up his career high in week one with mm-hmm. almost another one right behind it. If not for getting nicked up there in the final drive, he maybe he does have matches career high again with another six-reception game. But the Bees, no matter what happens, no matter what situation they're in, they don't seem to be out of anything. No, it, It's just... There's a level of confidence. And it started with, we heard Angie Machado talk about their, their coach projecting that level of confidence and the players kind of buying into that and the tone setting that's coming from, from different levels from within the team. And as weird as this is, Jack Coletto is like their talisman. It's just when he is on the field, good stuff happens. And it's This is going to be a stretch for a lot of people. Trust me, I know what I'm about to say. There's a Pocket sized grain of sand Tim Tebow
2: here. Oh, there is there there is just the the u- utility that you can use him with. If yeah. you wanna
3: say Taysom Hill or whatever, He's I'm not a quarterback. I'm waiting I'm waiting for Jonathan Smith to run the Jack Cat and then get the, the jump yeah. pass. <laughs> I'm I'm waiting for the jump pass to come. And and I just I'm I'm hoping and I'm praying that it happens because he is going to get some team with it so horribly and it's gonna be fantastic. But I will the 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 the, the Put the bow on the my more Oregon State week two, God I love watching this team. I can't I can't turn off an Oregon State game. It's it's weird I don't know why, but I want to watch this team play. They just play a style and a brand of football that brings me in, and I want to watch
2: it. Boy, and it can be a roller coaster, and it is a roller coaster mm-hmm. because you know Chance Nolan he looks so great against Boise, and then going on the road is a different animal. It's a different beast, but. You know, the receivers didn't help him out at all. Oh, and God, then the so roller coaster rush. of a game like Treshaun Harrison is, is a prime example of it. For as electric as he was when the ball is in his hands, getting the ball into his hands it was, was a problem in the first half when, you know, he has those drops. And it, it, you're going to be in dogfights against better teams where you're mm-hmm. not going to leverage. We saw the concerns that Fresno State had heading into that game, right, mm-hmm. on, up front. That was a concern that they had heading into it, and it played out. Um, but I will say that Fresno and their ability to kind of buck up when the when the time was needed and get yards on the ground, Jordan Mims was an issue for for Oregon State. Their offensive line, and this this is going to be you are going to play better lines. You are going to play against equal backs um, to Jordan Mims, and. If you're looking at that, that's one of those things. On the road is a lot different than in the friendly confines. When you're at Research Stadium and everybody's got your back and you're on defense and, and getting everybody rattled, but it was a great test. It was it was a fantastic test. And the bottom line is that you give up 360 yards passing. You give up a billion yards penalties. You have drops on the offensive side of the ball. You have you know some sputtering uh, in drives mm-hmm. in critical times. And look, you're this game's Clear down. This game is completely different if. Fresno State makes their kicks, too. I know the 52-yarder is one where you go, ah, whatever. They missed a 34-yard field goal in the first half as well. That could have kind of changed the flow and momentum of that game. Certainly. But with all of that said, you walk out with a this win. is it. They grind their way through it, and they win on the road. And that is something that, as they've prog- been progressing to this point of being, look, whether it's conference contenders or relevancy in getting to that quest where your goal every year at oregon state is to make a bowl game you start the season 2-0 and with wins over boise state and fresno state you take that every year i don't care and, what year and is. one of them is on the road the pac-12 has had problems winning on mm-hmm. at mountain west schools we know this and it's not just been oregon state it's been a bevy of schools it's across the conference everybody. from arizona state to stanford It Oregon going on the road and playing these Mountain West Schools, which is stupid in my mind, (laughs) has been an issue for the conference. And you went down and you found a way to do it. And you hang your hat on that. And now you say, All right, you're going up, they're gonna be playing in Portland this weekend at Providence Park against Montana State. And once you get through with that one, you've got USC coming. Mm -hmm. And like you don't want to take your eye off Montana State, who's the top four team in the country. Uh, for the FCS levels, but you're better at this point than to lose to any FCS program. Yes. You take care of business this week, and then you have, in, it's, kick time was announced earlier today, 6.30 kick time, Monsters. Oregon State, USC down at Reese's. Everybody's going to have that one circled for the Pac-12 opener because the Beavs should be 3-0 and going up against the 3-0 and USC team.
3: Which is going to be nuts? The, the, the Pac-12 is, as they shouldn't, is doing USC no favors, and they're Pac-12 after darking them in Corvallis. And I got to take a look at the rest of the slate for the country. That's a sneaky spot for college game day.
2: Oh, I don't think no. Reese? they don't even have a full stadium. <laughs> I'm just,
3: I'm just saying you're going to have probably a top six USC and probably a top. Twenty. Uh, you got, State? No,
2: you got Clemson and Wake Forest that week. Arkansas, Texas A&M. Uh, you've got uh, Florida, Tennessee. Both of them. Oh, there you go. That'll that'll teams. be the one. Yeah, there's. Yeah, they're not going to. They're not going to research on that for for week four. I was thinking yeah. maybe. I
3: was just thinking, again, it's going to be two top twenty teams. Early non-con or early conference play game. A lot on the line. You know. All right. All right. But but, but Tennessee, but Tennessee, Florida. That's
2: that's the that's the one. Let's be yep. honest. That and it should be that that one probably should be the one too. But if hey, Oregon State, I I love the aggressiveness. I love the feel. And it, it's a feeling, right? It's a feeling. There's that just something if, there. If Jack Coletto doesn't score and they end up losing that game, I still would apl- applaud Jonathan Smith for. You get out of there. You try to get out of there with the win, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're not playing for a tie and going into overtime against a team on the road. You have the jackhammer. Go and get it. The process was right. The confidence that he has in his team, they feed off of that, though. That was a, it was a total gut check for and gut feel for Jonathan Smith. His team answered in the biggest way possible. Uh, that's a big win for Oregon State to start the season 2-0. and They could start the season 3-0. and with the win over Montana State and then and then you start loftier remember expectations.
3: Doing, remember we were doing our season previews. We said, "Listen, there's a way you can thread this needle and go 3 and 0 into those games against USC and Utah." Yeah. And if you start the season 3 and 0, anything's on the table.
2: Yeah. Well, they got there with the, with the win and you know, you mentioned him too, but I, I think it it should be reiterated one more time. Deshaun Fenwick had himself a day. He he was,
3: was a he was a bellwether, just monster.
2: We were talking about questions that weren't answered in week one that you wanted to see. I that was a big one. Uh, they they have three backs. They're narrowing it down to one. And it, for your lead back, if that's going to be the performances you get from Deshaun Fenwick, he was decisive. He was quick. You saw the speed come back. Uh, that was fun to watch uh, from Oregon State, not just from the running back perspective, but the offensive line as well. So Beeves 2-0, and that's a statement win. That's a statement win. You go on the road and you pick up a dub. Uh, that is a, another one of those kind of benchmarks in Jonathan Smith in turning this thing around at, at Oregon State. We've seen them upset teams. Now you're starting to just notch off uh, other benchmarks, getting a road win in non-conference play. That's a huge one for the Beavs. 35-32, they're 2-0. Now they're, they're receiving even more votes for the top 25. dun dun which dun is great. Um, But on the flip side of things, um, the Ducks were able to get back on track, and there can be a couple of things learned from a beatdown of an inferior opponent. First, though, is Rust with SportsCenter. We get it.
3: Attention spans
0: just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.
2: This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, the fan. Well, Oregon State pulled out a thriller uh, with a ballsy fourth quarter all around and final call by Jonathan Smith. But Oregon handled Eastern Washington about how you would expect them to handle an Eastern Washington team. Well, you hope that they handled them. Uh, they scored on nine straight drives. They they took a page out of Georgia's playbook. And, look, this thing was over at the beginning, and you, you saw just the, the difference of athletes on the field. But, you know, what Oregon fan was looking for is not just getting back on the saddle and stepping on a team, which I thought was the most important thing that Oregon could do, is you leave no doubt early and you slam the door on Eastern Washington. They did that. And they did it early with a three-and-out where – Easter Washington goes neg- what, negative yardage on the first mm-hmm. drive. And then you just score, score, score. And the thing that Oregon fans wanted to see was not just that, but there's a lot of questions that needed to be answered after uh, the Georgia game. And I thought we got a couple answers. Some of them I think Duck fans will like, but others I don't think they will like. Like I think they found that the safety blanket for Bo Nix is going to be Troy Franklin, and it should be Troy Franklin. Every team should have a go-to wide receiver and Troy Franklin hauling in 10 catches uh, in that route. That should be what unlocks kind of that relationship because that is how you open up everything else in your playbook. You don't want to be hunting for who that guy is going to be. Now he just needs to do it against better competition, but you found a separator, and the separator is it's going to be Troy Franklin as that guy.
3: Troy Franklin can be that guy for them uh, on the – Go to plays the first down yardage plays when you when you need that reception. How much can you take away from this game though, as far as the game breakers because they they made a concerted effort to get to get dollars involved. Yep, they they got him the ball frequently. Did you see enough from him to be that playmaker?
2: I am no, and this is like the the good and the bad is like you got Troy Franklin is going to be the go to guy where he's going to get the targets and he's your 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 motor there. The running back room—it's as clear as mud, man—as to where that's gonna, how that's gonna sort itself out. I—I I don't know. I—I—I I, I don't know what how how it is that close. And I know Landing is saying like, "Hey, if you're good enough, you're gonna be in the in the game for us." Markey serving, Sean Dollars, Byron Cardwell. Nobody got more um, than ten carries. No Noah, Noah Whittington. You've got four guys that you are giving, and and then we didn't see, you know, we didn't see that that workhorse or, or a big load from any of them, which is, I get it might be by design, but it is a rhythm thing. Yeah. And I want to see who's going to be that back to where, all right, we'll take the, what we were just talking about with Oregon State. You know, the entire stadium knew Jack Coletto I was, was going me. to run the football on the goal line. Mm-hmm. Could you stop it? No. Who is going to be the guy that when it comes down to it and you are in a tight game and you're not getting blown out and you're not blowing out the other team, but say, oh, I don't know, another top 25 team is coming into Hudson Stadium for maybe a twelve thirty kick. That's going to be on <laughs> national television. And it's going to be like a, a really great environment and it's going to be a close game. And you've got your
3: all-conference offensive lineman. Who are you going to run behind?
2: Yes, which back is going to be the back yep. that you hand it to in that crunch time. And look, having a blowout both ways, it probably isn't helping that it to help, have us see who that guy is going to be because I, I still don't know. I don't know. I love and, – and all of these guys do bring something different, right? Yes, 100%. And the question that I had coming out of week one against Georgia is that they were using marquee serving uh, out of the backfield and mm-hmm. as the receiver because – he has that ability. It's like, well, yes. Yeah, so can Sean Dollars. Are you going to showcase him like that? Well, they did, and they tried to get Dollars in yeah. uh, because he is that explosive playmaker. Byron Cardwell is more of like the shifty, smooth operator, which I think he could be that back that ends up getting those carries in, in those crunch time yards. But that running back room, it's as clear as mud, man. And I, I don't know who they believe in because nobody's getting a bulk of carries right now.
3: It's It's... Obviously, it's a good thing to get Dan Landing a win and can kind of get the taste of Georgia out of their mouth, exercise a few demons. You get Bo Nix his confidence level up. I, I think the most important thing for Nix wasn't that the five touchdowns; it's the twenty-eight for thirty-three. It's the rhythm. It's the just kind of getting going because his confidence had to be shaken.
2: Well, and I think that's something that we we also have learned that this offense isn't isn't going to be the quick strike two three plays. They down the field. You're not going to. You are. You can't go broke taking a profit, right? You just keep taking what they're going to give you, and that that was encouraging to see. I know there. Were, you know, no interceptions, five touchdowns yep. for Bo Nicks. That second touchdown to Terrence Ferguson should have been picked off,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but he got away with it, and which you probably won't next week. There, right? That's the roller coaster that you want to avoid, though. Is that they were? I mean, think of this situationally, right? You're forcing a ball in, into that, that spot where you're playing against an inferior opponent and you have a big lead anyways, right? But you're forcing a ball into a spot where that's a red zone turnover against a better team, right? I mean, just well, it doesn't even have to be any other team. And, and probably any other player on Eastern Washington's team is catching that ball yeah. that hit, hit the backer right in the hands. And those are the roller coasters, the ebbs and flows, right? But you got away with it, and it was a wildly efficient game. And they did show that they left no doubt who is the better team on the field.
3: And the thing is, if you're going to learn from your mistakes, learn from them in wins yeah. and when they don't come back to bite you. Yeah. Uh, Oregon State did that, I think, in a more extreme manner. <laughs> they, they fought through their mistakes, and they put themselves in a position to win this game. When you're absolutely just manhandling a team like they did with Eastern Washington, you can you can try some stuff. And yeah. I think that's where you can build some confidence where you go, it's better to look back at the tape and go, "Hey, listen, you know what you did here. You mm-hmm. forced us in, like you said, you can't go broke taking a profit." What really should be the motto for Bo Nicks this year, considering kind of what we've seen from them. On the other side of the ball, I know it's hard to evaluate defense when you're
2: playing against a subpar opponent. I mean, you're you're... giving up 187 yards total.
3: Yeah, but did you did you get any questions answered about no. that pass rush? Because nope, no. I I that, I watched probably about a quarter and a half of this game the first in the first half, no. and I looked at it, and I go, yeah, not really getting much missed out of the ball.
2: No, well, I mean, <laughs> DJ Johnson got home, which was good to see, and I think he, he's kind of starting to find himself mm-hmm. um, in, in his role. But uh, no, absolutely not. I didn't, you didn't really get, get much out of that. You were hoping that you'd see you know, a few more sacks than two. Yeah. Um, but, again, you give up, like, what, 51 yards in the first half, I You're, mean,
3: you can't really be splitting hairs, but at the same hard time, hard to pin
2: your ears back and get going. Yeah.
3: But I think you kind of want to see. I, I think there was probably. A, I don't want to take away from the win because it's a win. It's a win. It's yeah. you can, as we, as we will discuss later, you can get got by teams when you, when you overlook them very I'm easily. Sure. But I think there may have been a little bit of we know who are better than we were against Georgia that we should go out here and handle this team, which is a good confidence level, but also looking forward to BYU maybe a
2: bit. During the game. Well, yeah, I think about two minutes in, they were like, all right. Yeah. See how this one's going to go. We can
3: button this one up pretty quick.
2: Uh, But from a coaching standpoint, there is something to keeping your foot on the gas and not letting up. Yes. That in a game like this, it's hard to do. And I I get Oregon responded from getting embarrassed against a team that they should. should And, and, And again,
3: Let's not forget, this is Coach Lanning's first win. This is, a, this is how you build yeah. on stuff, is how you take care of teams in these situations. Doing what, It's such a dumb cliche because good coaches make it look easy. Mm-hmm. But when you're Dan Lanning and this is literally your first win, this is the first time you do it. and How you show you maintain, how you show you operate in situations where you should because you can Scott Frost this. I'm being honest. Like it's, You can find a way to muck it up and yep. be dumb with stuff, and they didn't do that. So kudos. Now go do it against an opponent that will absolutely punch you in the face if you screw
2: up. Um, all right. We've got to take one little break here, uh, and then we'll, we'll get to this question. I knew this question was going to come in. It came in on the fan text on five zero three uh, two five zero ten eighty. 250 We did see. I, Ty Thompson. We saw, we saw Ty Thompson. <laughs> I knew it was going to come. We saw Ty Thompson, uh, and now people are backup quarterbacks, so always a favorite guy on campus. Oh, uh, God. Danny and, the- <laughs> Danny and Dusty on the. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. All right, fan text on. Um, this one came up when we were talking about Oregon, and it was good to see him finally, uh, but he was, again, in a 70-14 route. Uh, Ty Thompson getting into the game, 5 of 7, 63 yards. Uh, no touchdowns, no turnovers. He looked like he was in command and control, though, uh, of the offense. And this text at 503 just says Ty has a better arm. And that very may well be true. And I, athletically and physically, Ty Thompson's tools have never been the question at Oregon. With him, it's always been kind of the between the ears and going live from right to left, left to right, picking up the offense and understanding why you're operating the way you are, right? Yeah. He can spin it, man. And the one thing that you can say is by watching him is he was making quick reads and throws, mm-hmm. too. Again, it was in a blowout. I take nothing from it. No. It's just good to see it. And it, the it would, the incredible part is the reaction to it because everybody knows what Bo Nix is, right? Yeah. Everybody knew what Anthony Brown was. But there's this little bit of unknown with Ty Thompson where you Ooh, just want to ah. see it. And I, I continue to go back to... There's a reason why Joe Moorhead was unwilling to do it, and now Kenny Dillingham is unwilling to do it. And
3: why Dan Lanning has been so fervent in, even in his support of Bo Nix following an absolutely epic beatdown by Georgia. The first thing he said, basically, in that press conference was, Bo
2: Nix is our quarterback He's going our forward. Guy. He's like, our guy.
3: Again, if he is saying that, there is a reason
2: for it. There is some, in quote, you know, the there there, right? Yeah. And we can't just ignore the fact that it's not just one coaching staff; it's two of them. Who, and that's not to say that he can never get there. No, either.
3: Hell, he, he could all of a sudden put it together over the next three weeks, and they have a real problem in camp.
2: Well, it's a good problem to have, though. Yes. If you've got two really, if you've got two good quarterbacks, but if, if you're telling me that we now have two different staffs that are, are seeing it. Uh, the same way, I, I think that is very clear. And it's never been about the physical tools with Ty Thompson. Uh, it never has been because he looks the part. Man, when he steps up and he throws the ball, he has some zip on it. He also has very good touch. He's accurate. It's it's everything else that comes with being a quarterback. And there's a hell of a lot more that comes with being a quarterback than being able to throw the ball into tight windows, right? It's the reason why like we're seeing – Justin Herbert put up these freakish numbers in the NFL, but everybody was trying to knock his leadership. Those were all wildly wrong takes about Justin Herbert's leadership, but they persisted nonetheless because people just didn't know who he was. And it was a label that stuck with him, right? You can shed these things and prove everybody wrong, yeah. but it will take a little bit of time. And, you know, with Ty Thompson, we'll see that in in real time if it's either here at the University of Oregon or somewhere else. Um, if he ends up entering the transfer portal after this year,
3: if Bo Nix, I mean, I'll, I'll chum the waters here. If Bo Nix goes out and Bo Nix is the game against BYU, does Dan Landing is he forced to make
2: a change at that point? You probably do if it's a tight game and it goes that way. Yeah. Like, I mean, what are we going? You can't put it all against Bo Nix because Bo Nix wasn't the guy who gave up seven straight touchdown drives no. to Georgia, <laughs> you know. But if it happens, if it happens in a tight game then you really do have to reassess that mm-hmm. that position because then you'd have it in a blowout in an, in a tight game where if it's going to cost you, you know, I think momentum would have been different and it would have looked a lot better against Georgia had those errors not happened. They're not winning that game, though. No, listen. <laughs> you get the, the completion
3: on the third down to the back out of the flat. Right. And you keep that drive alive. And that was a good throw. By yes, it well. was. It, yeah. it absolutely was. Um, you'd, I don't I don't know. I think if you get a touchdown on that drive, it certainly changes the way Georgia comes out and punches you in the mouth. Yeah, I think it's still a, a an epic beatdown. Mm-hmm. But I think that's there, there's a world where that game is 49-17, and it doesn't look it's bad, but sure. it doesn't look like oh my well, yeah. god, you just got destroyed. If on he doesn't throw way. that
2: second pick, then your drive is at least 21 seconds longer. And remember, Georgia went up, you know, 28 to three with in that first half mm-hmm. because they scored with 21 seconds to go, and it may look a little bit different then. And yeah. again,
3: I, and I think it does change perception about where you are and how you evaluate sure. just because of how that everything comes and shakes out. So, listen, like you said, uh, it's, it's the old adage. The, the backup quarterback's the, the sexiest guy in town, which in, in the 49ers' case is absolutely true, but with the Ducks, it's just... I don't think they have the perfect option, yeah. and which is why you're you're gonna always have this over if, if particularly if it lingers against BYU.
2: I love this uh, this idea, and I think this is exactly the way that Oregon is going uh, down this road. It says Oregon should continue to have Bo picks issues, or Oregon will continue to have Bo picks issues. I see what you did there with the Bo picks Bo nix yeah. thing, huh? Uh, we know his ceiling, and he's hit it. Bo should try and be Alex Smith and manage the game uh, and not try to turn the ball over. And that's it. I mean, we saw from four critical air throws to one Mm -hmm. that ended up being a touchdown this past week uh, from Bo Nix. If if that's what it is, just keep keep it between the navigational buoys. Let your talent win. The defense is going to be good, and the defense is better. I don't know if anybody checked out what Georgia did to Sanford. They completely took their foot off of the gas. I think... Uh Samford had like a hundred yards of total offense in the game. Yeah, and it they was, won thirty-three nothing. And they
3: basically stopped playing football.
2: They well, they put their backups in, and Samford still couldn't score on them. Uh, and then they pulled all of their starters. I think even before the half, I think Stetson Bennett had a hundred or two hundred and fifty-seven yards passing in in a half of play. Yeah, he finished
3: with three hundred. Yeah, three hundred on 30, thirty-four attempts in the first half, basically. <laughs> Uh, he was letting it go, but uh, yeah. If you you look at the uh, the box score, and I think it's like seventeen players caught a pass. Yeah, it's disgusting.
2: Yep. Five zero three two five zero ten eighty. That's the fan text sign. All right, we got some college football in. Let's get to uh, the NFL from Trey Lance to Justin Herbert, a Tua, and a Cousins in between. Let's go into Week One of the NFL. This is Danny and Dusty on the Fan.